Moms, I know divorce can be really messy, but selling your engagement ring can actually be quick, easy, and stress-free with Worthy. Worthy uses their expertise, technology, and connections to get you the absolute most for your jewelry with no hidden fees. Plus, just for my audience, Worthy gave me a special offer to share. When you sell your jewelry through Worthy, you'll receive a $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from your ring? Head to worthy.com slash moms to get started today. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. This week on Moms Moving On. But I think it was also really important for me to still encourage that relationship with your ex-in-laws for your children to have, because I think it is so important. And just like we talk about when exes find new partners, you know, the more people that you have around your children that love them and can help, you know, give them these lifelong memories, it's so important to give them that experience and that opportunity. Even if you may not have liked your in-laws personally, it's still important if they're, you know, treating your children with love and respect to encourage that relationship. A hundred percent. You said the key word relationship. And I, you know, people don't, I think when you are at your most vulnerable and you're hurt and you're getting divorced and you're angry with your ex or soon to be ex, anybody on their team feels like an enemy. You've made Moms Moving On your number one podcast for co-parenting and divorce. Now it's time to get a little unfiltered. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm her co-host, Jess. And together, we're getting really real about all that happens after a mom has moved on. From dating after divorce to blending families, we're covering it all and everything in between. We hope you enjoy this unfiltered version of Moms Moving On. Welcome back to another episode of Moms Moving On. We're getting closer and closer to the holidays. And I feel like we have forgotten to talk about one of the most under-discussed frustrations that comes along with getting divorced. And Jess, my co-host here and I were thinking of topics for this unfiltered series. And we're like, you know what? We got to talk about in-laws. We can't not. How could we pass that up? Right, Jess? Right. I mean, it's such an important topic. You know, when you're heading into divorce, divorce around the holidays, all of those things are so important to talk about and to just kind of get the word out there for people. Yeah. And I think in general, you know, with every client I meet with who is on the brink of divorce or is just starting the process, there seems to be like, like I met with a woman yesterday who was like, I know my husband is going to be fine with me dropping this bomb on him because we've been unhappy for so long, but I am so scared of my in-laws. And this is a recurring theme. And it seems, it seems like we don't pay enough attention to it because I I don't know, why don't we pay enough attention? But now with the holidays, people are really freaking out. Like, how do I handle my in-laws? Yeah. And I think it's like one of those things that you, like you kind of mentioned, you think of divorce as like divorcing your spouse. And don't really take into consideration that you're in a sense like divorcing your spouse and their entire family and vice versa. I mean, there can be relationships that have been formed over the years that it's really hard to kind of separate. And like you said, to drop that bomb on someone, especially if you were a couple that was really private about any issues that you had or kind of put on this facade like you were this great couple, it can come as a shock to families. 
you know, I talk about in the book, dismantling a whole life, and this is part of it. And you don't think about, you know, in my situation, my ex-in-laws were not around, they're in another state. And so Mm -hmm. it, it didn't feel as difficult or intense to sever that cord or to still have them being super present because Bella gets to see them a few times a year. So I, I didn't, I, I didn't get that, like, I didn't get that side of it, but I see how frustrating it can be just in general, having in-laws who meddle. And then when you've like hurt their baby and how protective Mm -hmm. they get and how much they can actually fuel the divorce fire so much more than it needs to be fueled and very often lead people to litigation that where nothing needs to actually be litigated. Yeah, totally. So you tell me, so your, your in-laws have been more present in your kids' lives because they're more local, right? So my family is local. My in-laws do live out of state, but they have the ability to travel here often. So they were always very heavily involved, you know, as the kids were growing up when we were married. So it was a hard thing for me to go through. We weren't the closest of, you know, in-laws per se. I will say though, in in a way, I feel like we're almost closer now after Mm -hmm. the divorce, like it's easier for me to communicate and things like that. Um, but so it was harder for my family to kind of understand, like, you know, we were living in Wisconsin together. That's where the majority of my family is. It was almost like a breakup for them in a sense, you know, and especially with my brother and my ex, they were really, really close. So I, and we've talked about this. I really did kind of set the tone when I told my family, like, hey, this is what's going on. But I always want you to speak of their dad with respect when talking about him around the kids. Like, I don't want it to be this bashing session and vice versa. Like he was very open with his family about that. Um, But I think it was also really important for me to still encourage that relationship with your ex-in-laws for your children to have, because I think it is so important. And just like we talk about when exes find new partners, you know, the more people that you have around your children that love them and can help, you know, give them these lifelong memories. It's so important to give them that experience and that opportunity. Even if you may not have liked your in-laws personally, it's still important if they're, you know, treating your children with love and respect to encourage that relationship. A hundred percent. You said the key word relationship. And I, you know, people don't, I think when you are at your most vulnerable and you're hurt and you're getting divorced and you're angry with your ex or soon to be ex, anybody on their team feels like an enemy. But I always explain Mm -hmm. this to clients, like your relationship with your in-laws, if you want to have, you know, a healthy rapport for your kids has to change. And so does your view on their feelings right now. And I always shift the narrative to What happens when you were a kid and some bully pulled your hair? Your mom went into protective mode, right? So Mm -hmm. you now have to imagine your in-laws, they have an obligation to their kid and their kid is hurt right now, whether you want to admit it or not, or they see their kid in a situation that they don't really, they never wanted their child to get divorced. So now they're in that protective mode. And then they're also coming from a place of fear you know, grandparents are so self-centered. How will this affect my relationship with the children? Will I still get to be able to the children to see the children? And so many, so many people who have come to me, you know, saying, and now my mother-in-law is being such a bitch and she's giving me the cold shoulder when I see her. I don't want my kids to spend time with them because I don't trust them. Okay. Well, let's take a step back here. 
What if you extended an olive branch? Hey, I know things are super awkward and tense right now, but I just want to let you know, no matter what, you're always Holden's grandma and I Mm -hmm. never want that to change. That is a game changer right there because their only fear is losing access to their grandchildren. Totally. I mean, you said it perfectly. That's something that, and you know, I try to think about it from that perspective of like, let's just say years down the road, I'm a grandparent and one of my children's going through a divorce. That's a very common fear that grandparents are going to have. Is this person going to keep me from my grandchildren? And especially like in both of our cases, when there is that difference in location, you know, and that is where I have had to really take a step back and think of it through the eyes of what's best for my kids. If their grandparents are coming up here, they're, you know, spending money on flights or hotels or whatever to see them and to spend the time with them. Who am I to be like, no, it's my day. You can't see them. Like but a, that's a lot of people flexibility. do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's one of those things where are you doing it for you or are you thinking about what's best for your children in this? Yeah. And I, and I can understand, you know, even in a happy relationship, you can be Mm -hmm. irritated by your in-laws, particularly mother-in-law, because there's always Mm -hmm. difficult dynamics there. But, you know, if you think about your kid growing up and talking about their experience, like one set of grandparents always took me to Disney world. The other set always took me for ice cream. Like having that experience as a child, like there's nothing better than grandparents. Everyone who knows me knows my grandma is my absolute favorite person. And she's the mom of my father that Mm -hmm. I am estranged from, that ditched my entire family, left my mom high and dry. My grandma, my mom's mother-in-law stepped in to assume the responsibility that he could not fill. And and that's why I have like such a soft spot in my heart for it. But obviously now being the holidays, um, Mm -hmm. that in-law rage kind of creeps back in because maybe in-laws are in town or the kids are going with their other parents to see the in-laws and it just brings about all sorts of feelings. Yeah, totally. I mean, I remember like the first holiday season that my in-laws were coming up to visit after our divorce. And I, as you know, have a very controlling personality and that controlling personality was very present in my marriage and the way I parented. Oh, our you kids. do? I know. Shocking. So shocking. But I remember feeling such a sense of like, I lost control over like, well, what gifts are they going to bring them? And what are they going to do this? And I was, I had to really take a step back and think like, okay, so maybe this is the year they get bombarded with all the stuffed animals that you hated and didn't want them to have when you were married. But like, guess what? Then those stuffed animals stay by dads. They get to enjoy their stuffies and he can manage the clutter. But it was hard. And or just thinking of like, you know, are they starting new traditions or what are they going to be doing when I'm not around? And I think, you know, as women, your mind can also go down that path of like, well, are they just going to like sit around and talk shit about me the whole time? Like now that I'm not a part of the family. And I think I had to remind myself that like they're here to see the kids, to spend time with the kids and to, you know, have some fun with them. Yeah. And I think, you know, there is in the beginning, if you're dealing with an asshole ex-mother-in-law, there is a possibility that she might talk Mm -hmm. badly about you. But just like that's not a reason to keep your kids away from their parents, their other parent, if that person is going to speak ill of you, it's no reason to sever a whole relationship with the grandparents. And I'll tell you why. That grandparent is going to learn the hard way that your children 
cannot be around that type of negativity. Number one, your kids are going to start to feel uncomfortable around that person and pull away. And then that person is going to realize, oh shit, okay, I can't behave like an asshole. So if it takes them doing that to realize they shouldn't be doing it, it's it's not going to affect your kids long-term either way. It's our egos that get in the way of like, what are yes. they going to say about me? And like, what if they, a lot of it is, my in-laws have so much money and I didn't get any of it. And they're now going to buy my kids all these amazing things. And I don't want my kids having that. Well, why don't you want your kids having that? Because it makes you uncomfortable or because they don't deserve it, you know? So it's that ego piece that you have to separate. And it's really hard to do, but it's the same thing you got to do with your ex. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was something that I struggled with was like you mentioned that ego aspect of it of like, oh, now they're going to get showered with all these gifts. And like, what if they don't want to come home to me because I didn't give them the same gifts. And that's where, you know, like we talk about, if they're going to get showered with all the gifts and all the trips and all the things with your ex-in-laws, like good, they can have those experiences. And you, you know, that's where it comes back to being just confident and comfortable in yourself as their parent of like, you may not be giving them all of the material things this holiday season, but you're giving them memories and quality time together. Children never remember what they get. They remember how they're made to feel. So if you gave them nothing, but you fill their lives and their hearts with love and safety and security. And ex-mother-in-law comes with a Mercedes Benz and talks shit about you the whole time. Which one's going to feel better for that child? I don't have to spell that out. There's no gift right. that can overshadow being made to feel uncomfortable around somebody at all. And yeah. and that's something to remember because I know that cost things thing comes into play when now your lifestyle has changed and this other person still has money to blow. And and that's, I get it. That's a scary thing. Totally. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. So I've gotten this question a couple of times in my DMs about, you know, I don't know what to do. It's my year for Christmas with the kids, but my ex's family is coming into town and now he wants them some of the time on Christmas. Mm -hmm. What would you say to this? I think that it comes up so often. I know I've had clients that have asked me the same question. I've personally gone through it. I, you know, we talk so much about parenting plans, following your parenting plan. I think that around the holidays, there is a time to be flexible as well. So like, you know, depending on what your plan says for if you're splitting the holiday break, you know, maybe if you're supposed to have the first half, dad's supposed to have the second half, but his family is coming up for the first half of break, you know, having flexibility of like, let's swap for this year. And then also being open with your ex though about in the future, because you don't want to be that person that gets walked all over, right? And you're constantly... Mm -hmm making exceptions and being flexible, but not given the same in return. Like, let's talk about this, you know, 
in the future, if you're if you're parents are going to be coming up and they're booking flights, like let's discuss this in the weeks or months leading up to the holidays so we can have a plan in place and kind of be on the same page because it's best for you and for planning. But it's really good for the kids too to have that consistency and kind of know where they're going to be when, but also having that experience. I know for us, my in-laws are coming or my ex-in-laws are coming up um, for Christmas. Kids are with the, with dad on Christmas day. And normally I would have them the day after Christmas. And I'm like, you know what? Your family's going to be here. Have that little bit of extra time with them and I will make it up at the end of break. So I think that's where it's so important to communicate with your ex, which is really hard to do in that first you know, year or two when everything's still so fresh and you're figuring everything out. But if you can just have that conversation, it can really go a long way. Yeah. And also it can be difficult in the beginning before you've reached that place where you're flexible. I mean, I've flexibility has always been important to me because I knew that even if I was the only one being flexible, it would inevitably soften the situation mm-hmm. over time, it's like kneading dough, like keep kneading right. that dough. It's going to get softer and it's going to get easier to deal with. But I under- I can understand in the beginning when you're, you know, everybody's really parallel parenting in the beginning and you don't, right. your emotions haven't yet subsided and you're like, well, why should I be this flexible? I want you to ask yourself, how would I feel if my child found out that I prevented them from seeing their grandparents, getting extra gifts, you know, someone is inevitably going to tell that kid, oh, well, you know, grandma and grandpa flew all the way in from Saskatchewan and Mm -hmm. they wanted to see you, but mommy said, no, someone is going to say that. How would that feel for you? And I know that's not fair. I know that's like a guilt thing, but I never want my child to think that I am preventing her from something she can enjoy if it's reasonable. Like, you know, don't take my whole break, but oh my God, Mm -hmm. take take, take the time you need right now. And I mean, I've given up all of my Thanksgivings for the last couple of years, because that's, even though it's my favorite holiday and it's always my birthday, it is really the only time that my ex can get up to Atlanta to see his family. And I'm not going to block that. I'm just not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like you said, you know, being flexible is so important and it kind of goes back to what we've said too. And what I, what I have to remind myself of a lot is holidays are, in a sense, just a day on the calendar. I know for you guys, then Bella was going to be gone for Thanksgiving. So you celebrate early, like finding that time to celebrate. And maybe then there has to be flexibility with your co-parents. Like, okay, I'm going to be willing to switch some of this time, but then I'd really like to celebrate with my family then. And, you know, kind of having that flexibility on both parts can be really helpful. Yeah. And stop focusing on what's fair for you. If your ex Mm -hmm. is so intent on what's fair for them, then you need to be the flexible one because while you're busy focusing on what's fair for either one of you, your kids are losing out. This is already an unfair situation for your kids where they can't be with both parents at the same time. And so it's on you to create a space for them that would feel as similar to their life before divorce. And if it means only you being flexible, then who cares about fair? There's really that should never be the focus. Totally. Um, so what else? So you're ready to give your in-laws a big old hug is what you're telling me. I love I mean, that your honestly, relationship like, has gotten better. That's uh, so is mine, frankly. I think like it was one of those things where like, I almost did go into the marriage, like 
societally thinking like, well, you're not supposed to like your your mother-in-law. Like that's what everyone, that's what movies tell you. That's what TV shows tell you. So I was like, well, I guess I shouldn't like her, you know? And we, we didn't have this close relationship. And then it took a lot of self-work and a lot of stuff that I had to do on my own to be like, these two people, we might not have a lot in common. We might have completely different personalities, outlooks on life, whatever. But like, I can see that they love and adore Holden and Sawyer more than anything. And that's what matters. They want what's best for them. They want to make them feel loved and special and cared for. So I can put any kind of feelings I have aside for them and just send them the pictures, the first day of school pictures or pictures on their birthdays or things like that. And really, you know, have that that relationship with them. Are we going to like sit down and go to dinner when they're in town? No, but like I can sit and have a five or 10 minute conversation about what's going on in my life and what's going on in their life when they're here visiting. And that's so important for the kids to see too, because they aren't grandparents that they're seeing on a weekly basis or a monthly basis. So for them to know that when they're going to spend the weekend or a long stretch of time at dad's with their grandparents that I, you know, I know them, I respect them, I care for them too. It goes a long way. Yeah, I agree. And so another question I get is, should I buy my exes a present, my ex-in-laws a present from the kids? How do you feel about that? There's no right or wrong answer here. Yeah. You know, for us, I think I was the gift buyer in our marriage, but it was that was one of those things. So that was kind of a boundary for me after the divorce. I'm like, listen, if you want to get your parents or the kids want to get your parents a gift for birthdays or holidays, like that's going to be on you. But that being said, said, if we were out shopping and one of my kids was like, oh, you know, grandma really likes this. Like, yeah, I'll get it for her and I'll wrap it and send it along with them. Because if they're asking you for it, that's something that's really important. And they're going to remember that. They're going to remember that feeling that they got when they picked out that gift. And then when they saw grandma's face when she opened it. So, you know, I think I've been in both situations would I prefer that their dad is the one buying the gifts for his parents? Yes. But I'm not going to be like, no, if we're in the middle of Target and Holden sees a necklace that he thinks his grandma's really going to like. Yeah. I do think, you know, if it's, if it's a birthday, if it's like, I'm always going to have, if Bella's not with her dad on yeah. my ex-mother-in-law's birthday, I'm going to make sure that Bella's calling her. Do you need to send yes. a gift? I mean, I don't think you definitely need to. I think the... Uh, the objective is to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that, you know, so this year Bella went to Thanksgiving in Atlanta and she was with her grandparents and her cousin and had the best time. And she had mentioned to me on the phone when we were FaceTiming that her grandma liked the bracelet that I got Bella. And I have mm-hmm. one and Bella has one and my mom has one. And I got one for Lindsay, my, you know, my ex's girlfriend. And I'm like, you know what? It's, I'm going to send her a bracelet. Like she deserves a freaking bracelet. And so Mm -hmm. I ordered one and I had it sent to her and she was like, let me Venmo you. I'm like, no, like happy birthday, happy holidays for me and Bella. Enjoy. And I had never done that before. And so Bella, I guess, didn't realize I was doing that. And when she was like, did you know Nana got the same bracelet as us? I'm like, yeah, I sent it to her, babe. She was like, mom, you're the best. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. it's it's the right thing to do, baby. When somebody has something to celebrate and they mention that they like something you have, it's a very nice thing to do. So told my ex the other day, I'm like, you know, I sent your mom that bracelet, right? And he was like, just shaking his head laughing because that's just my mm-hmm. nature. And I do it for no other reason than 
because I'm kind and because I just feel this sense of obligation to keeping right. the unit intact for Bella and her knowing that there's harmony between us, even when there was once discord. Totally. Totally. Um, what else do we have to talk about with the in-laws? No, I think, you know, I think just kind of like you mentioned, encouraging that relationship, always showing respect. I think like you had said, the birthdays are some of those things. I'm just like a date person. It's just like ingrained yeah. in my brain. I remember Thanks. everyone's birthdays. So I'm like, okay, today, you know, today's grandpa's birthday. Like, let's give him a call. And like, that goes such a long way. It does. Like it really, really does. Um, and I think when it comes time for the holidays and, you know, you don't necessarily have to get your in-laws a gift, but maybe you're baking cookies with the kids on the day that they're going to go over to their other parents' house mm-hmm. and you send some some cookies along with them and and share those with whoever's going to be at, their, at the other parents' house. Like just little things like that can go a long way or maybe they make them a holiday card or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what your ex or your ex's parents think of you at that point. It's all about modeling respect for your kids. And Mm -hmm. that's something I will always do. Not because you feel that the ex-in-law deserves it, but maybe because your child deserves to see some sense of normalcy in their very unnormal world right now. So, I mean, you don't have to love your ex-in-laws. You don't even have to like them, but showing that level of respect is going to earn you so many points in your child's eyes one day when they're all grown up. I've lived it. I know it. It's true. Yes, for sure. Okay. So you don't have to kiss your ex-mother-in-law under the mistletoe. No. But, you know, do something a little less intense. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, there can also be like a little bit, like you mentioned, the nervousness of like, are they going to keep my kids away from me or whatever? But there can also be just a little bit of like an insecurity on on the mother or, or ex-mother-in-law's part of like, I don't know what my role is or what I'm supposed to be doing. So if you're kind of being the one to, like you mentioned, extend that olive branch, then they understand like, okay, like they're going to encourage me to be involved in the kid's life. And hopefully they give you that same olive branch and respect going I forward. I promise too. you, it is like, the golden ticket for an ex mother-in-law in particular, who is being super salty. When you bite the bullet and swallow your pride and you send mm-hmm. that text message, it's like, Hey, listen, I acknowledge how shitty things are right now. And I'm so sorry for how things ended yeah. up. But at the end of the day, you are such a special and important part of these kids' lives. And I never want that to change. Watch the magic happen. All of a sudden, yeah. instead of sicking your ex on you, they're going to be like, calming them down because they don't want to rock this boat. They really love those kids and they want to be a part of their lives. I couldn't agree more. It's so true. And I've been the one that's like sent that text message, you know, maybe just on a mother's day, like happy mother's day. You know, you did a really great job raising your children, blah, blah, blah. The grandkids are so lucky to have you just something so small really does go such a long way. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, on that note, Happy holidays to you and your ex-in-laws. I hope there's only minimal saltiness for you this holiday season, everybody. Me too. Yes. And we love that you're loving these episodes. If you have topic ideas or requests, you can always email them to us at info at momsmovingon.com. We love recording these when we find the time. And I'm going to go check on my Italian chicken soup here. Wonderful. All right. Um, see you next time on Moms Moving On, Bye. my friends. Bye, everyone.
So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my moving on method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.